Hey family, if you are an educator, a teacher, a principal, an education consultant, I have something so special that you cannot find anywhere else that is coming to your phone, your iPad, your desktop. I am bringing together my squad. I'm bringing together my team. I'm bringing together some folks who you can identify with because they were in the classroom in schools and education organizations just like you and now they are running six and seven figure education consulting businesses. I am Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas and welcome to the Seven Figure Educator Podcast. Welcome back to the Seven Figure Educator Podcast. My name is Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas. I'm your host. I am a former teacher, former principal, Harvard grad, and currently a full-time entrepreneur running a seven-figure education consulting business. I am so excited for today's episode because we have the special, you can't get this any other weird opportunity to hear from my team. So I have two of my dynamic team members here. I have Latrice Lyle, one of our program success coaches and Chastity Griffin, our operations coordinator. And y'all, we are getting ready to unpack the culture of our business. You might want to pay particularly close attention because they've done something that it's really hard to do, which is make me cry during this episode. So <laughs> plug in, put on your seatbelt and let's jump in. All right, y'all, my squad is here. Welcome Chastity and Latrice to the Seven Figure Educator Podcast, even though this day company. Um, so that we really ain't welcoming because they've been here. So I'm excited for us to have a conversation really about us. And so the reason why I wanted to make sure that I created space for our team to have a conversation, have episode is because I get people who tell me all the time, you have a gift of building teams. It seems like your team is amazing. Your company culture just feels like a vibe. And I want to actually unpack the vibe because I agree with all of that. Yes. <laughs> and I think building teams and building culture is really hard that I wanted an episode to be able to really break that down and who best to do that than my team. Mm -hmm. So before we jump in, I would love for each of you to just briefly introduce yourself and then give us your story of what you were doing, who you are before you came to the company. Mm -hmm. Chastity, you got to put the blog stuff in there because <laughs> when you introduced yourself at another event, you said you was a blog, blogger. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know that. So include that part in the story too. Okay, whoever wants to start. So I'll start. Um, my name is Chastity Griffin. Um, I uh, come from an operations background. I was originally at a charter school in New York, and I was doing operations management for roughly about five years. So within that time, um, like my love for operations just kind of grew and grew, and I kind of wanted to take it to the next level. It was kind of getting repetitive. Um, so. I took it, I did flow into the blog world for a little bit. So with that, um, I did kind of mix my blog with operations a little bit with that. And then I stumbled upon this lovely opportunity to work with this bomb team um, that sits here before you. And um, I've just been doing it, doing this ever since. I, right now, I um, am serving as operations coordinator. So a lot of my work revolves around building automations for the team, all the emails, building out web pages for um, our different launches and the things that we have going on. So I get to do all those fun technical things and I enjoy doing it. So our business runs because of you, basically. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Latrice? So 
Ooh, I'm like, how far back do I go? Mm, Wherever you want, honey. (laughs) Okay, so EJT and I met at Harvard Graduate School of Education. I was in a master's program. She was in her doctoral program. And um, we had a class together. I think it was Higgins. I keep forgetting we had a class together. And you are absolutely right. It was Higgins. I just remembered that recently i was mm-hmm. like that was the class but anyway one day i like messaged her on facebook i was like girl you talking about all this consultant stuff and you a full-time doctoral student what what's tea tell me <laughs> what's going on so we went to this like little breakfast spot in harvard square and i just asked questions and ejt poured into me and then um, i graduated that spring and EJT was still in her program. I came back to Atlanta and honestly, I was like afraid to like actually start consulting. Um, I had this belief that I was too young and people wouldn't take me serious. So I was like, I'm gonna go back doing what I know I can do, right? I'm a bomb teacher. I just got a school leadership degree go back to the school building and um, Penny hit and in March or April of the pandemic, you did a workshop Mm -hmm. and the workshop was about consulting. And I was like, let me, you know, I don't know what this pandemic got going on. Let me go see what EJT talking about. When you announced that you were starting Get Launch Consulting, and I was like, put me in a game, like <laughs> sign me up. And I joined and I was in the first cohort of Get Launch Consulting and fast forward to 20, wait, it's 2022. Okay. Fast forward to 2022. Um, I had the opportunity to join the team as a coach and, um, Joined in February of 2022, and now I'm still serving in that coach role and obsessed. And I still have my own consulting business, too. Um, And I know if I don't say this, you're going to be like, you should have said it. Mm -hmm. So I had a six-figure year last year, and I didn't – I I worked part-time with EJT and part-time in my business – and I didn't do any work in my business in Q4, so the program works. If that's what you're here trying to figure <laughs> out, you can't, look, it's on you. Um, really, like, you gotta just execute. So um, anyway, back to our team. <laughs> I am obsessed with the opportunity to really just show the world in black folks, specifically black women, that there is a level of freedom that exists. Mm -hmm. And I get to do that every day Mm -hmm. through coaching other aspiring and current education consultants. Mm -hmm. So I always say that my indirect mission, because obviously we have like our mission on paper Mm -hmm. that we help and support black educators grow six and seven figure education consulting businesses to grow their impact and grow their wealth. And then my unspoken mission on paper is to build a company that proves that you don't have to sacrifice your humanity in order Mm -hmm. to make revenue. Right. And to build a company that is safe for Black women, because I believe that if you create a company that's safe for Black women, it's safe for everybody. And everybody is impacted and will be well because of that. So I want to 
break down our company culture. Mm -hmm. And I really want to center y'all's voice in this because I believe the best, the folks who can best explain the culture is actually not the CEO. It's people who are a part of the culture, who are experiencing the culture and the creators of the culture, and that's gonna be your team. So first off, tell the people how long you've been in the company. I've been here for about a year and some change, a year and three months. It feels so much longer than that because <laughs> I feel like we've done so much great work, but yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I have been with, I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's been a year and four months. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I started part-time, but now I'm full-time. Um, and that shift happened April 1st of this year. Mm -hmm. Come on. Um, just so you know, we have full-time employees, so Period. we have the conversation <laughs> around contractors, employees, your girl is walking the walk while she's talking the talk. So what was the moment, uh, being a part of our team, what was the moment in which you realized, oh, this place is different? Mm. What was that first moment, whether it was peer to peer, whether it was peer to me or wherever, where you were just like, oh, this is a different place. This is gonna um, sound, well, it actually doesn't sound weird considering where we're at, uh, <laughs> how we work together. But I would say um, how open and accept, uh, accepting y'all are of my love language of memes. Um, is, <laughs> and I know it's such a, it can be considered such a small thing, but I think the fact that you all understand what I'm saying if I just sometimes I may not be able to like find the words or find the expression but I can drop this Beyonce meme <laughs> I can drop this like Candy Burris meme and y'all understand like exactly what I'm talking about I'm yes. like oh so so we, we've been together before y'all y'all get it so that was um that was one big point for me mm -hmm. I remember the moment I looked in Slack and I was like where did these Beyonce emojis come from like is this <laughs> A Beyonce on a horse emoji in reaction to my comment. And I love this. Like, yes. teach me your ways, please. <laughs> so good. What about you, Latrice? Um, for me, I think it is, it was in the application process, but it didn't hit me into the onboarding process. So in the application process, I told myself, you know, I feel com comfortable enough with EJT to let who I am shine through. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do that. And I know she's building um, a business and the person I know at her core is going to let me be who I am in that business. So um, I'm, I'm just gonna go for it. And that was the first time I feel like I ever brought 100% of myself. I wasn't, you know, professional Latrice. I was just Latrice. And um, then in onboarding, you set up a 30 minute time for me and everyone does this, but we got to meet with every person on the team. And that was so just like, wow, like everyone is showing up as themselves. Right. Um, when I logged on and, and I talked to Danielle and like, so I know Danielle sent me like my enrollment email and I still had it. And I was like, oh, this is Danielle. Mm. Like I was able to put a face with a name that I had seen so often. Um, and we weren't talking about like, just, we weren't talking about work. I got to take 30, 40-ish minutes and I got to know her. 
I learned about her family and her beautiful daughter. And I got to do the same thing with Erica Harrell, who, another member of our team, and Sammy. And that foundation just reminded me that this is a place where black women can be themselves. Because we were able to connect and it wasn't, you know, yes, we have performance metrics, right? Like, you you should. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's that should be a part of your company's culture. But the reason we work so well together and we hit our marks is because we know each other at a human level. Mm-hmm. And if someone's having, you know, a day, you're not like, oh, this person's not doing their job. It's like they going through something, mm-hmm. right? Like, or they're experiencing something. And let me show up as a human and check in on them as a friend. Like I consider the people I work with for the very first time, like we are friends. Yeah. And that's so, um, it was revolutionary to me mm-hmm. and it still is mm-hmm. right. Like I went to visit Erica Harrell last um, December and got to hang out with her son. And now he, he's like, can I talk to Miss Latrice? And I'm like, that's <laughs> wild to me. Like I've never had that relationship. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you probably can tell I really thrive on relationships. But um, yeah, it was the foundation of humanity that was like just shining through at every moment. Mm-hmm. What um, it's interesting because I think when I hear you say the term of like we're friends, I think for some people that is such a foreign feeling at work. Mm-hmm. And so in order to have that type of relationship, and I'm even going to say like vulnerability and intimacy with mm-hmm. a coworker, there has to be a feeling of safety. Like I feel safe to connect with this person in mm-hmm. this type of way. What does that safety look like peer to peer? And I think and you're welcome to speak, you know, if there's anything I've done to be able to create safety. But part of what I'm realizing too is like, Oh, y'all be doing stuff on y'all own. Like, <laughs> like y'all be be there be stuff I don't be knowing about. And that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need to know about it. But I think it just speaks mm-hmm. to the level of camaraderie and relationship that y'all as peers and as as a team have built without me having to require that. Yep. And so what what do, does the safety look like? Like, what are the actions, the words, or the the vibe or feeling that let you know, oh, there's a level of safety that I can have with my peer or coworker to be able to have a deeper relationship. I would, I have an example. Um, I don't know if you remember this. This was last August, I believe. Um, my dad has like serious health problems and we thought that we were going to lose him. So one of the things that he wanted to do, um, my dad, he loves to go to Vegas. Um, and it was very last minute. It was very last minute. And because I was still very new, um, I was like, I was battling internally, like trying to like not put myself in a place like where I used to be, where I used to work. I'm like, we're not in that place no more. <laughs> we are in a safer space. We are in a safer space. Um, so I remember talking to Danielle um, about like, hey, I know we're in the midst of um, getting stuff ready for SFE, but I, um, I need to, I need to take this trip for my dad. And I remember I sent you an email about that too, um, and 
so gracefully, so human to human like. Absolutely, Chastity. It wasn't, we have, we're a small but mighty team and we have a lot going on and we do it so well. And in that moment, I felt like Erica and the team is honoring the fact that I have things going on in my life. So I would say that would be one piece. Um, and I think another piece is while we were at a conference, um, I'm very close with my in-laws, which is uh, weird for some folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird for some folks, but um, my uh, father-in-law was preaching his first sermon for the first time, which was a huge milestone for him. And it was, again, a quick turnaround and you just gracefully accepted it and honored it and, and, and cheered him on in a way. So like, that's something to me that I'm always reminded like Erica and, and our team does such a good job of remembering that we're humans and we have things going on outside of what, like the great work that we're doing too. So that's like my piece. Mm -hmm. so yes, I think for me, and it seems, it's gonna maybe sound small, but it's not small at all. I, like we have, we're working on a few campaigns right now. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to, um, I had a deliverable. I reached out to Sammy and Chastity. I was like, I ain't gonna have it today, but I'm gonna have it tomorrow. Um, and it wasn't a, like you didn't feel the air leave the room. It was like, okay. Mm -hmm. It was like, actually you can give it to us on Friday. It don't even have to be tomorrow because one thing that I know I'm working on internally um, is still unlearning like past, mm -hmm. like I've been Same. working for like 15 years of my life at this point. Mm -hmm. So it's really unlearning what you, I have been ingrained to believe work should be. Mm -hmm. And um that was, I think, maybe a couple weeks ago we were having this yep. conversation. And it helped me realize that, yes, we are all interconnected, but we build in grace into the way we work, even if it's something that, you know, we have a deadline on, right? And in my mind, I was like, oh, if I don't get this to them on this day, it's going to slow them down. And in their minds, it's like, girl, we already built in time to, like, do that after you thought you needed to give us this deliverable. Um, and that level of just freedom, mm, right? Yes. Like, and no one's like, oh, is Latrice not doing her, what's she doing all day? Why isn't she, um, why did this deadline change or, or whatever? All the things I was telling myself that they may feel. And even though deep down, I know that's not how they feel. Like they wouldn't, respond that way to me but it just shows how deeply ingrained work culture is that even when you do have such a team built on humanity and care and dare I say it like love mm -hmm. um it does like those things don't matter and I remember <laughs> it was so funny um Chastity and Sammy were like, girl, we weren't going to look at that till Friday. Like, <laughs> you doing too much. Yes, and I was like, I me, am I doing too much? They were like, yes, please, please <laughs> calm down. Yep. Um, and here it was a Wednesday and I'm worried about something that's like, they're not going to use for two days. So that really just stuck with me as an example mm. of how it wasn't like, oh, we don't have to even bring EJT into this conversation. Mm -hmm. 
And that's like a whole nother conversation to be honest. It sure is. Yeah, it really because is. Because I be feeling left out sometimes. And I, be, <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. No. It's not an inside joke if I ain't inside. Like, what happened? Yeah. But it's okay. It's um, but I feel like previous jobs it would have been oh well you need to let the supervisor know right. or you 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 behind like it would have been some kind of secret exchange or side eye yeah. and I know none of that happened mm-hmm. and yeah I it's a it was a small moment but it was really just in my reflection of what it's like to work for EEG um it means a lot. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned something that I think it's it's important to unpack. Well, y'all named a couple of things because I think the piece of making decisions as a leader from a core value of humanity is something that's really important to me. And it's something I had to learn over time. Like, so what you were saying, Latrice, of like ways of working, what are our norms that we've been taught. And honestly, when you're living in a society that has been built to press, to oppress people, then a lot of our ways are working are really steeped in white supremacy culture, mm-hmm. right? Of like sense yeah. of urgency, of, of quantity over quality, of, you know, of that there's only one right way. And a lot of the personal work that I had to do as a CEO is realizing, and as a leader period, is realizing that when I prioritize my people, I'm not losing, I'm actually gaining, Mm. right? Of like, when I, I I don't believe that people should ask me permission to take time off because I don't believe that I am the keeper of your time. Now, I do believe that you have responsibilities. I do believe that there are expectations in place and you need to meet those expectations and or communicate and or renegotiate if those expectations or deadlines can't be met. But I don't believe that I am the gatekeeper of your time, right? Um, And I trust you uh, in terms of how you manage your time and the moment I receive evidence that what I thought could be trusted could not be trusted, then we'll have a conversation about it. So I think that's an important nugget that, Chastity, I heard you pulling out that I think it's really important for our audience to hear because I think for so many people, some of their struggles with team, I think they think are their team or the people and actually the work is within themselves of like, how are you managing your ego? How are you recognizing the ways in which you are unconsciously or consciously oppressing your team and your people? Or why are rules those rules? Like, why is it a rule that you have to do this or do that or check in or check? Like, everything should be so intentional and purposeful. So Latrice, you said something that I think is an interesting place to go of like, we be doing stuff without EJT. And I'm like, yeah, y'all do. <laughs> y'all really do. But I think what's so beautiful about that is our, so our team, Chastity is the quote unquote youngest person on our team in terms of tenure. And so she's been with us for about a year and three months. And the person who's been on our team the longest has been with me for four years. So we've been able to establish a group dynamic that mm-hmm. uh, time allows you to build to the point where they be doing stuff and I don't need to be there. And like, they be doing stuff and I don't know they be doing stuff, but it's the stuff that like I would want to happen. Like, I don't need to ask where they just do it. And so talk a little bit around 
Like what I do or have done that has allowed you all in the team to feel empowered to do things without me. Because I think there's some people who they don't feel, they feel like they have to ask permission from their leader or ask permission from their manager or supervisor before they can start doing things where I feel like on our team, that's not the case because I'll send an email. They'll be like, oh, we already talked about that. I'm like, oh, okay. I went in the meeting. I went on the count invite, but that's fine. That's cool. I didn't need to be on it. So what what would you say are things that I have or done or haven't done that has cultivated that sense of like, I feel ownership that I can do this thing and don't need to ask for permission? Mm. Can I share one thing? And it's very technical. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an org chart. <laughs> Not the fun. <laughs> we Tell have an org chart, and it explicitly tells us who is the owner of something. And EJT, since I've joined the team, I've watched you work um, to orient us to the org chart and to make sure that we understand what is in the scope and responsibility of someone's role because, and this is like, a CEO mindset that I have watched you like cultivate and build, you don't need to see all the steps. You want to see the final product. Mm -hmm. So why am I asking you? That part. The perfect example, the final name of something, right? Like I can ask Sammy, Mm -hmm. Who just from a sheer like one-to-one time you spend most time with, Mm because she is your executive assistant, I could ask Chastity because she's building the outward facing assets. What I look like waiting until you finish speaking or get off an airplane to just stop my complete workflow to have such a simple question answered. Um, And that might feel so small to people, but it's actually the bottleneck in the workflow, I think, of employees is when all the details only live with the CEO. Mm. They don't just live with you. They live um, really with all of us because we have a strong system of just knowledge, like management, like we have central places to go to get information. Um, But I think like that org chart, And even if I get confused and I'm like, hmm, I wonder whose scope this, like, is this question, like, within? My first thought isn't, let me ask EJT. Like, my first thought is, girl, go look at the org chart. So it's the three before me. Basically is what I'm saying. Three before me. And I think that is what undergirds, like, a lot of the, oh, we thought about this. And then you are like, oh, y'all had a conversation. And it's like, oh, yeah. Um, Because you trust us enough. You onboarded us and you give us feedback enough to where we 99% of the time know what you're going to say anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and we don't, and if, and you said this recently, you were like, just ask for forgiveness later if it's not the decision you would have made. And like, that's a lot of power to have, but it feels so good because I'm never like waiting for you to like get off a stage at a conference before I can move forward or to finish working with, you know, this client. Almost, not that we don't need you, but I think like that's mm-hmm. the point of mm-hmm. like orienting us mm-hmm. to each other. It's like we don't need to wait on EJT to make a decision or to answer 
the question. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't have an org chart, get you an org <laughs> chart, okay? Step one. <laughs> get an org chart. But also, since I've been with the company, we've reworked the org mm-hmm. chart. And we've expanded and given more definition to roles and responsibilities. And that's a beautiful thing, too. So don't just get one and be and you know, be like, you do this and you do this. But really, they do 20 things, and no one knows they do those 20 things. Um, yeah, it's small, but it's mighty. Mm-hmm. And I think it saves all of us time and headaches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Um, that's such a good, good, like, nugget of just, like, clarity, roles and responsibilities to where like, I feel like this is another translation from my time as a principal to like the translation of being a CEO is as a principal, I had a first responder list Mm -hmm. where there's this misconception that the principal is the first responder for everything. I'm like, I don't know about textbooks. Like, why why are you asking? I don't know about the buses. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just because I'm the principal don't mean I know everything. We actually have people who manage those things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when the textbooks are arriving. I don't know when the buses are coming for the field trips. Yeah. I had nothing to do with that. Here's a first responder list of the first responder, the second responder in case that person is unavailable and even the third. And for 95% of those tasks, I was not the first, second, and there was 5% where I was the third responder. So mm-hmm. three before me, like ask them three people <laughs> yes. before you ask me. So I think an important aspect of culture is how you deal with conflict Mm. and conflict is not good or bad conflict just is what it is and I think how we hold and position conflict I think is directly related to how we engage with it how we hold it and how we we discuss it and how we talk about it and so we are a, a regular smegular team just like everybody else where there's times where we may not always agree there's Mm -hmm. times when someone might make a misstep or make a mistake because we're human Mm -hmm. and how we respond and how we treat those moments influences the culture that we build so i would love for one and or both of you to share a moment or example of either how you received feedback and or how you processed or dealt with conflict on our team? Um, There is one instance where I made a mistake um, and I think we had a very like productive conversation about like steps that I need to ensure that those, uh, like that process won't fall behind. And I think our conversation went well because number one, you did center it with humanity that's where it came from and then we also just talked about like why did it happen it didn't just cut straight to this was wrong da 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 da. it just went into like hey what happened okay well let's put this process in place and then since then that mistake has not happened again um i feel like anytime that there's uh, moments of like feedback or anything where there may be like conflict i feel like it always, again, comes from a place, from a, a, a humanity place. And I think that I always leave feeling like, hmm, okay, I just know what to you know, do for the, uh, for the next time. Um, I don't find myself like how I used to find myself in, uh, <laughs> in previous situations, but um, I, I always feel confident and I feel supported. And I don't, 
I don't leave like flustered or, or confused or frustrated. I feel like we always have a, a productive conversation um, with any type of conflict that may come about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, one um, instance stood, stands out and it was so interesting because we, and it's hard for me to even say it's conflict. Right. I know. Right. Because I'm right. like, is it right. conflict? Right. Or is it just like, what were you thinking? Here's what I was thinking. Right. We right. are two different people, so we thought two different things. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. right. Right. Um, but when you define conflict as neutral, yes, like it, mm -hmm. it there was a misalignment mm -hmm. of what the expectation was. Um, and it, it was, again, like y'all, I know I keep saying things are small, but they feel so small in the scheme of things. Mm -hmm. Right. Because again, conflict, who has conflict around here? We, we good. Um, <laughs> I was just like, conflict? Yeah, like, hmm. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> what's, what's that? But I so I did a, a workshop essentially, and I put placeholders for where I was going to put um, images and I put a description of the images, but the description um, meant two different things to us. EJT thought I was going to share a personal example. I thought, well, because I do have my own consulting business and this is EEG, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and only share um, this from our collaborative business standpoint. And that was the conflict. <laughs> like, and what I most appreciated was is you didn't like let it fester or like you were just like, hey, let's 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 chat about this because I was thinking this and you centered humanity again. Mm -hmm. You were like, I know who like you as a person and you wouldn't do something that is just completely against our values and beliefs as a business. Um or share something that we um, consider confidential. So we talked about it and you were like, oh, that makes sense. And I'm thinking like, oh, your viewpoint made complete sense too. And we moved on, but I know that in previous experiences, something as small as that would have led to, um, and it, it's also hard because I've told EJT this quite a few times, but I have never worked um, under the leadership of a black woman and felt safe. And I feel so safe here. So I know that previously, if that conversation or something like that would have happened, I would have felt like I was about to be targeted or like now my job's on the line. And mm -hmm. I've never felt that way. And honestly, y'all, I don't know what I could do to even get to that place of being like, oh, like I'm in trouble with EEG, you know, like, but it was the conversation. Like, I think people miss that so much. Mm -hmm. If you don't talk to your team, mm -hmm. and even though we can read your mind 99% of the time, there is 1% of the time we can. Right. And we constantly norm and connect and reframe, you know, like we constantly check in on that. So we are getting closer to 100% of being able to read like your mind. But yeah, it, it, that was such a powerful moment for me because I didn't feel like I was getting called into the principal's office. 
And I was about to, you know, three days, ISA. <laughs> you know, like, you in trouble, girl. I'm about to call your mama. Um, Come on, ISS. <laughs> or OSS. Look, sometimes you don't know. Depending on the school, the same offense might get you two different things. Facts. So, Facts. Um, I just, like, love that moment. I, I yeah. loved it because, one, I didn't feel like there was anything harbored or left. We had a conversation. We were like, okay, cool. Right. Move forward. But I have never had someone do that until it was, like, too late. Right. Right. They wait until, like, you, you've built up a lot of resentment and this person is continu- continuously making a mistake that they don't know is a mistake. Right. And then you want to talk about it. Or then you want to take action write them up or something. It's like, they didn't even know. Right. It's interesting to hear you um, share that example because I think the leadership piece behind it is the rule that I've internally created is if something happens and I'm thinking about it 24 hours later, I need to have a conversation, Mm -hmm. right? To your point of just like, we don't let things fester. Mm -hmm. We don't let things sit because that's when you are more likely to compromise someone's humanity is when yep. you're swirling in the thought or the emotion of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a personal internal rule that I have is if there's something that's happened on our team and 24 hours later, I'm still thinking about it, I need to have a conversation. Um, and I think what I also appreciated about the conversation was that I think in general, like as a team, we have common language and in particular in our relationship, because we have Harvard common language, Mm -hmm. like I was able to use some Harvard like common language to be able to share what I was thinking. So like to be able to say, if you're familiar with immunity to change work of basically like some big assumptions, like almost like real personal, like leadership stuff where I was able to say like, look, this is my big assumptions around how I operate in the world. And so in that moment, this big assumption came up that has nothing to do with you Mm -hmm. and being able to recognize that like, we could have that type of conversation. And I think, I think not enough CEOs are, are, if, if you don't feel safe in your own company, you're not hiring right. Right. And so like, Mm -hmm. like the conversation that we had, it was a risk to be vulnerable with you, to be able to say like, this is what Erica was thinking, not Dr. EJT, not EJT. This is what Erica was thinking Mm -hmm. in that moment. And to be able to take that risk with you, I felt safe with my employee, but also a person that I know to be able to, to say that. And I think for so many leaders and CEOs, they see that as too risky that they don't even do it, but then not recognize like, that's the person you hired. So like, if, if you don't feel safe right. in your company to be able to have that type of hum- centering your own humanity in yep. a conversation, to be able to say, yo, this is how I felt when this thing happened, then like, that's something you have power and an influence over to be able to right. change. And so yep. our company culture is just top tier. It really it's is. It's like top tier. It really is. It is <laughs> like, get like us. Period. Today. Today. The bar, us. The bar, we. Yes. So what would be one piece of advice that you would give to a CEO, another leader out there who is struggling or their goal is to build, either struggling with culture or they have a goal to build a strong, safe company culture? 
I gotta rub my chin on that one because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying like, to figure out where to start. One? I know that's like where to, where would I start? Uh, I'd say that building a company culture is more about internal work that you have to do with yourself than it right. is about the people that you bring in because when you are not clear on your values when you are you know even on your own we call it mind trash trash around here but if you got trust issues mm-hmm. and you don't want to be One. real about having trust issues One. then you're gonna hire people and you're not gonna trust them to do your job and then you're gonna tell yourself and i'm speaking from a little bit of experience because <laughs> i hired a va before and i didn't deal with my trust issues so I was micromanaging them and I reinforced something that wasn't true, which was they were unable to do their job. Mm. But what I didn't do was allow them and train, teach them how I wanted things to be done. So it wasn't them, it was me. Mm. And I think that you do that beautifully, right? Like we don't walk around acting like we're perfect. We are all working through mindset shifts as life change comes and changes and all of that. But you trust us. Mm-hmm. And because you, and you just said it a few moments ago, you went back to, I hired this person. They didn't just like come insert themselves here. Mm-hmm. So there is something here that is just like, you know, a simple bump or misunderstanding. It isn't them being unable to do their jobs. So all that to say, if you got trust issues, talk to your therapist, get you a therapist. (laughs) Um, Because the things outside of business will impact how you operate. That's good. I would say, I think the biggest thing for me, um, and I know we've, this has basically been the center of our conversation, is the humanity piece. Um, And I think I speak from experience of that from working in a place that did not have that at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, with that, check on your people, care for your people, recognize when your people may be going through something. I mean, As a CEO, nobody's asking you to be a therapist, right? But um, check on your people, care on your people, love on your people, and keep humanity first. I I feel like that is what we, that's why we're such an amazing team because of that. So that would be my piece on that. Mm. So good. It made me think of this belief that you're, First target client is your team, Mm. right? Mm. And so if my team isn't good, there is no way that we can be good for the clients in which we serve. And so I think operating from that belief as a CEO and as a leader is a nugget. And so thank y'all. Obviously not just for the podcast, of course, just for like (laughs) being on the podcast, but I could not do this without y'all. 
And so mm -hmm. I am so incredibly grateful for everything that you all bring to our team. I'm getting ready to get emotional. I'm trying not to. I, the entire, first of all. <laughs> I saw what you said. I This ain't me. This ain't the role I'm that the I play. Crying. I'm the cry. This is, and I'm over here dabbing <laughs> and patting my eyes and I got makeup on. I'm like, this is not my role. This is Latrice's role on the team. Listen, I'll cry okay. on, on command. But I'm over here like getting emotional just because I'm just so incredibly grateful for you all. I love you all so much. Um, and just Ooh. the fact that we've been able to build this together and the fact that I can trust you and you all are my safe place in the company, um, is something that I never take for granted. So thank y'all. Can we, thank can I also just say like, I think on behalf of the team, thank you, Erica. Yeah. Like this would not all be Woo. what it is if you didn't just walk in your purpose and like go after your freedom. We would, we would, this would not exist. Um, and even as um, a member on our team, I know we speak about getting freedom. You're helping us get our freedom. Um, so like, what? listen, I, yeah. I could have a podcast just on that. <laughs> <laughs> just, but like, we, we love you, Erica, and we appreciate everything, everything yeah. you do. You're a phenomenal leader, and we thank you so graciously. We love you. I love yes. y'all too. Too. Not me from the crowd. Well, okay. now that my little makeup is like all out of place, let it, let, um, well, I'll let it let flow. The show. I'll, I I'll lean into my Latrice and fully feel <laughs> all of the things. Because typically I say like, Latrice is just an outward expression of what I feel on the inside. Because well, I'm, I'm going to cry. Latrice on the outside and the inside today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for joining us in this episode of the Seven Figure Educator Podcast. And we will see you on the next one. Bye.